Actually, it's, uh, it's great to be here in the room with these dear friends. And uh, uh, it's just such a special thing when we've been uh, doing church online, just watching uh, on YouTube or Zoom together. It's just completely different to be here in the room together with such dear friends. So uh, I want to encourage you this morning to get back into the mix. And... Um, I just encouraged right at the start when Eve shared from Psalm 145, when I was at university, uh, the College Grace, which uh, uh, was, was spoken in Latin at the start of each uh, meal, was taken from Psalm 145, and it's the same College Grace for quite a number of uh, colleges um, uh, in the university. And uh, it's taken from Psalm 145, verse 15, the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hands and satisfy the desires of every living thing. And I want to pick up that theme uh, this morning as we look at the last little bit of uh, Philippians. So thanks to Eve, where she's sitting over here, uh, for sharing that this morning. Just a sense of God's hand on what we want to share today. So we're in Philippians chapter 4, the last chapter, and... Uh, Paul has, uh, has written to them uh, about a number of matters, and at the end, he remembers he's, he's writing a little thank you letter. So it's kind of, uh, whether it's you know, after Christmas or after Easter or he's had his birthday, anyway, uh, they've sent some presents to him uh, through, through uh, their friend Epaphroditus. And uh, Epaphroditus, uh, it's, a, it's a Greek name meaning handsome, so his parents obviously thought, this is a nice baby, <laughs> we'll call him Epaphroditus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine calling that name? Oh, time to come in now, Epaphroditus. You know. Anyway, <laughs> some of the other names in the book are interesting. Aren't they? There's uh, uh, there's Syntyche and Euodia. Uh, they're having a bit of a quarrel. Euodia means uh, nice road or pleasant. You know, sort of uh, have a pleasant journey. And Syntyche means lucky. You know, uh, the parents obviously thought we'll give them uh, these lovely names and. Uh, here they are quarrelling. Oh, come on. You know, Paul's saying, come on, agree together. Uh, sorry, we did that last week. But anyway, <laughs> there's a whole, there's a whole uh, sort of uh, theory, isn't there, called nominative determinism. You give someone a name and they grow into it as, uh, as they get older. And uh, uh, anyway, it hadn't quite worked for these two ladies, but uh, uh, they're just having a temporary moment. Anyway, Epaphroditus had, uh, had brought some gifts. So Paul writes in... Uh, chapter 4 and verse 14. Yeah, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift now, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I've received full payment and even more. I'm amply supplied now that I've received from Epaphroditus, handsome, the gifts that you sent. They're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches or his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he closes with a little greeting. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings. Send greetings, folks. Are we sending greetings? Yeah. Yes. 
And all the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. You remember early on in the book, uh, he was speaking about how everybody in Caesar's household had come to hear the gospel because he was in chains there. And there are saints there as a result of that adversity that Paul was experiencing. Others have heard the gospel and they're sending greetings. And he closes, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So it's a thank you letter at the end here. He's saying thank you very much for uh, sending your gifts. They've been so welcome. They've been such a blessing to me. And I'm really grateful. And it's evidence of God's grace uh, on you and uh, on me that these gifts have arrived to bless me. And he acknowledges that they weren't a wealthy group. Now, Philippi itself was, was quite a wealthy place. There, there were uh, some gold mines nearby. It was on an important trade route from, uh, uh, from um, Istanbul, now uh, Byzantium then, uh, through to uh, Durazzo on the, Al- on the Albanian coast, uh, so the road to, to Rome, basically. And so it was quite a, an important trading point, and... Uh, Yet, he says, these, these, these particular uh, Christians, the, the, those in the church, were not particularly wealthy. And um, uh, the, yet, they had been generous. They stood out because of their generosity. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul says, uh, he refers to their extreme poverty. He says they, they were really not wealthy at all. And uh, so, they maybe were, you know, from the, the bottom rungs of society, many of them, they didn't have very much money, and yet they, they were overflowing with generosity. And Paul says he's, he's sure that God is going to bless them in return. And uh, uh, he speaks in this, uh, in this wonderful uh, verse 19, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And the word riches here in Greek is, is plutos, and uh, uh, it's the word we get plutocrat from. And so we think of a plutocrat that's somebody sort of, uh, you know, uh, with a top hat and uh, lots of money and a, and a bulging bank account. And um, that's where that word comes from. Plutos is the, is the Greek word uh, in the scripture for, for riches or wealth. And it can mean material wealth. And in the scripture, it's used uh, in that sense in a number of places. Uh, it it uh, is used in the parable of the sower, for example. You remember that. Uh, some seed uh, falls amongst the thorns and Jesus says that the thorns are uh, they, they, they entangle uh, the, the, the believer and uh, it's like riches which distract uh, the believer so riches there are described in a way which is, which is not necessarily a blessing it's a distraction from following Jesus but elsewhere in the scripture the word plutos also means uh, kind of other kinds of blessings, spiritual and moral blessings. So, for example, uh, in Romans 2.4, uh, uh, Paul writes of the riches of God's kindness and forbearance and patience. So he's saying God, God gives us time to come to repentance, and that is because of the, the riches, the same word plutos, of his kindness and patience. So uh, there's, there's a richness there that's in God. There's richness in God's glory. Ephesians 3.16, Paul says... I pray that out of his glorious riches, he uses uh, the word in a slightly different way there, the riches themselves are described as glorious, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So, so there's, there's riches in God's glory. As we reflect on God's glory, there's a richness there, uh, a superabundance of, of glory. And that same word is used. And then in Romans 11:33. 
the, the previous verse is, is one of my favorites in, in the Scripture. It's such a comfort. Uh, it says in Romans 11, uh, 32, uh, Paul's been talking about uh, God's purposes. And uh, uh, he says, For God has bound all men over to, over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. Wow, we all start out with sin. We need Jesus. And wonderfully, he provides Jesus uh, as a sacrifice on the cross for us so that he expresses his mercy and forgiveness to us in that way. And then uh, Paul is so struck by that thought that God has bound all of us over to disobedience so that he can have mercy on all of us. That He says in the next verse, Oh, the depth of the riches, the plutos again, of the, the wisdom and knowledge of God. He's just overwhelmed by the riches of God's wisdom and knowledge, his, his planning, his, his ability to put that plan into execution uh, that all might come to pass just as he'd intended. So there's a depth uh, to the riches of God, of his wisdom and knowledge. And then in Ephesians 1.7, that same word plutos is used of God's grace. There are riches of God's grace. In him, Paul says, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And then in chapter 2 and verse 7 of Ephesians, in the coming ages he'll show us the incomparable riches of his grace expressed uh, in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So this word, plutos, speaks in different ways about the, the wonderful kindness, the grace, the patience, the wisdom, the knowledge of God. So uh, when Paul is using it in uh, Philippians, I don't think he's meaning it just in the sense of material riches, that God will meet your uh, needs for a loaf of bread or uh, a salary, but he's meaning also that God will meet all your needs uh, out of his riches because riches means so much more than just a bit of money in the bank. And in the letter to uh, the Philippians, of course, we see that uh, a number of needs uh, are described, and we've, we've looked at these over recent weeks. So uh, Paul recognizes that God needs to, to bring to completion the good work that he started in the Philippians, uh, right there in the beginning, uh, verse 6 in chapter 1. Uh, we need uh, love, we need righteousness, we need steadfastness and perseverance when things get tough. We need grace and humility uh, to be obedient. We talked at uh, Jesus being obedient to his Father in chapter 2 and coming, pouring his life out for us. We need peace, and uh, we looked at Yodia and Syntyche. They need peace and uh, agreement between them. We need faith in Christ, and of course, we do need material provision as well. Above all, of course, we need the salvation that only Jesus can bring. And we all start out with sin in our lives. It's our inheritance from Adam, Paul says. And of course, we need to, to deal with that sin, but there's nothing we can do ourselves about it. So Jesus pays the price for our sin on the cross. He gives up his life for us on the cross. And of course, next Friday, Good Friday, we'll be thinking about this. So it's a great opportunity for, sh for sharing this, this testimony, this story, that Jesus died on the cross to deal with our sin. And then wonderfully, on the third day, was raised to life again to give us hope and uh, to, to enable us to trust and approach the throne of God 
and come to that place of peace where our sins are forgiven. And that's our greatest need, that our sins should be forgiven so that we might enjoy a relationship with God. So we can easily read this verse in Philippians 4.19 as just about material needs, a bit of money. Uh, We know that the Philippians were not wealthy and they would have needed daily bread and clothing and shelter. God meets those needs, of course. But it isn't a promise here that we're going to be fantastically wealthy in this life. Uh, Indeed, that isn't the case. That's not our experience. But God does meet our needs, and we will all of us uh, have uh, wonderful testimonies, I know, of God having met our needs for provision. But there are all sorts of other needs that we might uh, come across. And uh, uh, we might need other things as well as salvation. We might need reassurance sometimes. We might think, oh, I'm, I'm doubtful. I'm not sure if this is all true. God reassures us. We might need confidence. We might need faith. We might need healing. Uh, there are a couple of folks in the room here uh, who, who would value your prayers uh, for healing. Uh, Steve's got a bad back. Johnny's wrenched his... Uh, his ribcage a little bit and uh, uh, the muscles are a bit torn. Pray for these dear friends. It's one of the many blessings that God promises to, uh, to provide in meeting our needs. We might need some direction. When we were praying this morning, uh, there were a few words uh, just of encouragement, but also of some direction from eating. And uh, uh, Eve brought that Psalm 145. Um, uh, just wonderful sense of God directing us, meeting our needs for a sense of direction for our meeting today. We might need wisdom. What do I do about this? I'm, I just don't know which way to turn. Should I do this? Should I do that? God gives us wisdom. Sometimes we just need a miracle. And uh, sometimes we need peace or some knowledge. Or sometimes we just need a friend and uh, some encouragement. So how does God meet these needs? And this is really what I want to focus on this morning. God uh, promises to meet all our needs out of his riches in glory. How does he do this? Does a a big hand arrive out of the sky with a word of encouragement or uh, a five-pound note when we need it? That's not how it works, is it? That's not my experience anyway. Now, Philippians is is full of personal references. Uh, It starts out saying it's from Paul and Timothy. So uh, he's telling them who's writing. Lots of references to Jesus, of course. There's reference to the palace guard. We don't know any of their names here, but uh, uh, they're all mentioned as those who've heard the gospel. Uh, There's Timothy and Epaphroditus. There's personal stuff about Paul. Uh, We've heard about Syntyche and Euodia, and uh, he mentions Clement in chapter 4, verse 3. That means merciful, Mr. Clement, Mr. Merciful. And... uh, Uh, He mentions the Philippians themselves in chapter 4, thanking them for their generosity. And then uh, he closes with the the greeting at the end uh, from himself and the brothers, those in Caesar's household, and uh, uh, all the saints uh, there, sending their their good wishes, their blessing to uh, the saints in Philippi. It's a really personal letter in this sense, only a short letter. Quite a few people are named or referenced here. And... It's about people, and it's about uh, God meeting needs through one another. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, well, we've got treasures in jars of clay. We are conscious that our bodies are a bit frail sometimes, uh, and uh, 
you know, we, they don't always work as we would wish. And um, it, it, they're, they're jars of clay. They're a bit fragile. But inside, Paul says, there's treasure. We're not inherently good ourselves. We, we start out with sin. But because we have the life of Jesus Christ within us, the power of God at work within us to renew us inwardly and enables us by grace to serve others and also to be blessed by others around us. So someone will have shared the gospel with us at some stage in our lives, maybe several people, before we came to the point where we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. Jesus died for us. A man died on the cross for me and for you. He did that. He did it personally. He was raised to life again to present us with a hope of resurrection. When we're feeling low, people encourage us, get alongside us and help us. When we're short of money, somebody will send us a gift and uh, God uses people to bless us in wonderful ways. Somebody will pray for us and things change as a result. Somebody shares a prophetic word or some knowledge with us and we're helped and uh, we're, we, we're given faith to face the next challenge. And of course, that's all about me, you know, uh, other people blessing me, but we in turn can be a blessing to others. And that's how God meets our needs of all kinds. It's through one another. Paul and his colleagues had to contend with rather slower communications, much more difficulty. We, we think this is a difficult period because we, we're in lockdown. We can't see each other very much. But uh, he had no WhatsApp. He had no Zoom. Uh, he couldn't send a telegram. It would be months before he got news back from uh, Philippi. And so it was quite a remote uh, arrangement. He really valued the personal relationships that he had developed while he was at Philippi. He knew people there and uh, he wanted to be a blessing to them. And keeping in touch with friends in this way, just as important now as it was 2,000 years ago, there's a basic need within us for fellowship. Others feel this uh, more strongly than we do or less strongly, but we all have this need for uh, human interaction, for relationship, and a relationship with God himself. And when we're saved, we're not saved as isolated individuals, right, you're saved, you go over there on the shelf, you go over there in the cupboard. No, we're, we're saved to be part of a family, a church family. We're saved to be part of uh, what Paul refers to as the ecclesia, the people called out to be the bride and the body of Christ. And the whole of God's salvation plan was to call out for himself a people, not just one person here and another person over there, but a people together. So if someone's missing from the mix, if someone's not playing their part in the mix, the rest of us suffer. And if I'm out of the mix, others will be missing out. It's hard to believe, I know, but, uh, <laughs> but, but if, we're, if, if part of the body is not present, we feel it. We feel it when part of our body is not working properly, when we've got a bad back or ribs or our knee is crocked. And we just know if a bit's missing, if the, if the body isn't functioning properly, you know, that's not right. So we need one another to function well. We're only able to do this this morning because there's a team who've come together, uh, some of them unseen, some seen. So Eve and Sarah and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Liz in front of the camera, me here, Steve. But behind the camera, there are others in the room as well who've been clapping and cheering and whooping and uh, been doing the, the, the AV and uh, making sure the technical stuff goes well. And that only works, you're only seeing this, if there's anybody there, because uh, 
we've come together as a team uh, to do this. And if, if one of us were missing, then it wouldn't work properly. If somebody hadn't put the batteries in the microphone or, or put the plug in the, in, in the mixer desk, we, we would not be able to bring this to you in the way that we are. Now, as a church uh, and as a, as, a, as a site at City West, we're approaching a big moment. Next week, we're all gathering together for Easter. But after that, we're going to return to the school at West Earlham, which will be great because more of us will be able to gather in the room and uh, it will be, be wonderful. But some of us may feel we've got rather used to doing church remotely, thanks very much. Maybe we think, you know what, uh, I'll just catch the stream on YouTube later. I, I don't need to see it now. Maybe I'll just skip the worship uh, and see if the sermon's any good this week. <laughs> that temptation will be, will be quite strong for some, and maybe a few have already relaxed their participation a little bit and maybe just feeling, well, I could just drift away a little bit. So we've got a choice to make as we get back together physically in a couple of weeks' time at the school about whether we'll be there or want to be there. Now, we'll be continuing to stream the service for a while because we're conscious that not everybody can be in the room at the school together at the same time for the moment because we need to maintain some social distancing. And there's no doubt that streaming can be a really useful way of catching up on the service. Maybe you've missed a Sunday for some reason you've been ill or uh, been out of town. So streaming, really helpful. And of course, there'll be some folks who need to continue to shield. So they'll have a, uh, a legitimate need to do that because uh, maybe they're, they're self-isolating. Maybe somebody at school or in their, in their, in their group has, uh, has tested positive. So we will need to, uh, to recognize uh, that balance for the time being while social distancing remains a reality for us. But I w I'm hopeful that our overwhelming desire will be to get back together again, to be in the room together again, and that we'll be looking for opportunities uh, to meet together, particularly over the summer as the weather gets better, maybe doing some picnics, uh, maybe some indoor stuff for mums and toddlers. We want to be careful not to exclude those who feel anxious uh, about getting together, but we want to encourage those who are ready to do so to get back into the mix, to get involved and uh, to be serving. And as we go back to the school, there'll be other opportunities to serve, and uh, there'll be some kids' work there. Uh, there'll be welcoming. There'll be, uh, uh, there'll be uh, AV uh, stuff, the PA. Uh, and there'll be lots of different ways to serve and lots of need for folks to help and serve on a rotor. So please be considering what you're able to do in these coming weeks and what God's saying to you about how you can serve. But it's through each one of us that God meets our needs through the little interactions and encouragements and blessings that we share as we meet together. God's riches are in glory in Christ Jesus. That feels a bit abstract, but they're also here in this room today, and they will be in the room at the school in two weeks' time. They're in the home of every person who's watching this this morning. So I want to encourage you to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. God meets all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. How does he do that? He does that through us, through one another. And I'm just so excited at the opportunity uh, to be seeing people again, to be serving together again, and I hope that you will feel that same sense of excitement and anticipation as we're able to gather together in a fortnight's time.
Let's just pray. Father, thank you so much for the dear church family, the brothers and sisters in the church family here that you've put me amongst. Thank you, Father, for dear friends. Thank you for laughter together. Thank you for sometimes crying together. Thank you, Father, for opportunities together. We pray that as we uh, think about gathering again at the school in a fortnight's time, there will be wonderful opportunities for you to meet the needs of folks around the room out of your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for this wonderful promise that you will meet all our needs. And I pray this morning that for those who are watching or those here who, who have individual needs, you will meet them even right now, Father. For those uh, who need a touch, for Liz's knee, for Steve's back, for Johnny's ribs, for others who may need a touch in their bodies, for those who need provision this morning or a job. Father, we pray that this scripture would be true, that you would meet all our needs. We pray too for others watching, maybe who don't know Jesus, that you'd meet their needs for salvation, that they would put their trust in Jesus for the first time, maybe this Easter, and find that you wonderfully do meet all our needs out of your glorious riches in Jesus Christ. Amen.